This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. And you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 222, episode 222 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtic season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can follow me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like the Wicked Fast Podcast with the one and only Brian Bell, No Limits with Kevin Cooney, 3030 and Surviving. I'm the promoter, he's the DJ, Eat the Damn Cake, A Chance to Strive vacations be fit drinks after work music you're missing and so many other great podcasts and if you're into sports cards you can always check out card vault breaks on whatnot facebook youtube and instagram and if you have um whatnot check out card vault rips they're giving away like ten thousand dollars worth of free hobby boxes it's an insane thing because they just hit ten thousand followers on whatnot so go check that out and you can always go check them out in person down at patriot place or down at foxwoods resort casino and they're so busy they're also doing the fenway card show may 20th and 21st at fenway park go to fenwaycardshow.com to purchase your tickets and your autograph tickets to meet some great former red sox players like david ortiz pedro martinez jose canseco jonathan papelbaum and the list goes on and on you can always get your banner banter podcast merchandise at bignightshop.com and if you haven't heard but i have a nice little deal with the win bet people go download the win bet app if you're in sports gambling use the code XBN banter to get a $100 bet credit when you place a $20 bet. Go to the Win Bet app. Use the code XBN banter. And remember, if you or a loved one are experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1 800 327 5050. Okay, that's all done. How are we doing? What's going on? Happy Thursday. Everyone feeling good? You should. Because, I mean, not only did the Red, uh, I was going to say the Red Sox win, yes, because the Red Sox did win again, the Boston Celtics won. And if you were in the building last night, Red Panda performed at halftime. What an icon. And every single time she performs, it, it blows my mind. I mean, she, she did the two bowls, the three bowls, the four bowls, the five bowls, just, I mean, walks up that ladder to get on that unicycle. My God, I would love to meet her. I wonder if she does cameo. That'd be interesting. But, I mean, the music. I kind of want her music to be, like, my ringtone. So people realize that, like, you know, that's Red Panda's music. Watch out. But anyways, moving on. Boston Celtics. They win. 121-87 to at TD Garden. Their best of seven series against Philadelphia 76ers is now tied up at one game each. Game three is on Friday in Philadelphia at 7.30 p.m. Game four is on Sunday also in Philly at 3.30 p.m. Game 5 will be on Tuesday night at the Garden, but the game time 
has yet to be determined. Also, just a quick little note, games three and four, doing a little watch party with Green Runs Deep, Babs on the Mic, Sincoro, Tequila, WinBet, and myself all hosting at Guy's Boston on Tremont Street for Game 3 on Friday, and Game 4 will be at Studio B next to Big Night Live, right next to TD Garden on Sunday. The events are 21+, plus. tickets are 5 bucks on Ticketmaster right now. And I also have to give a little shout-out to the couple sitting in front of me and uh, my buddy Maddie last night at the game. Very kind, very fun people. It was uh, great to meet you both. Anyways, let's talk about the game, shall we? Enough of uh, all the the sponsorship stuff, right? And I want to talk about, how can I put this the right way? The two things that I've talked about a lot this year. And the first one is, everyone say it with me now. You ready? Jalen Brown is the most important player on this team. Jalen Brown only had one turnover. Holy shit. Holy shit. And he made all of his free throws. Holy shit. Holy shit. Like, that's insane because you don't hear that very often. We really haven't talked about that all. You know, I I think Jalen Brown is the most important player on this basketball team, but that's not because of his uh, his low turnover rates and his good free throw shooting. That's just not it. But listen, Jalen did exactly what he was supposed to do when Jason Tatum got in foul trouble in this game and responded exactly how he should have after game one, uh, because you know only shooting three shots. I'm sorry, he shot only three shots in the final three quarters, but only took one in between the second and third quarter, which was just insane. Five of six in the first, one of three in the second, three of eight in the third, and didn't play in the fourth quarter. Perfect, if you ask me. I wish that happened all the time. I mean, his defense on James Harden was very good. It was physical. didn't leave him a lot of space, but I would like Jalen to get a little bit more aggressive on the rebounds going forward. I feel like Jalen Brown should get five Six rebounds every single game. He had four. I know I'm be, I'm nitpicking, but an extra rebound here and there can go a long way. And if Jalen can be aggressive on all ends of the floor, because he was good on offense, he was good on defense. If he can just get a another rebound or two, it like his game will just go so much far or further, farther, whatever the case may be. It will be it will be better than than it is already, which is crazy to think about. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Number 12 showed the fuck up last night. We all know that I am not the biggest fan of number 12, but I have always given him credit for staying ready. And he came in last night after a very quick stint in game one and played very, very, very well. So save that recording if you want. But number 12 showed the fuck up last night. He was a plus 22 overall. When he was on the floor, the Celtics were 22 points better than the Philadelphia 76ers. He All of his shots were threes, went four of eight, so 50% from three. Can't really complain about that. Four rebounds, four assists. I mean, he had a couple great assists, including one where um, he like attacked the hoop, shot faked, everyone crashed towards him, and he found a wide-open Derek White in that third quarter to really kind of extend that lead. He dove on the ground um, late in the first quarter that led to Marcus Smart hitting a big three, and then Marcus Smart hitting another big shot. I mean, Marcus Smart ending that first quarter was just bananas. I mean, he, he went on like his own like 5-0 run to, to expand that lead. So shout out to Marcus there. I think Marcus also hit like his shoulder popped out and they popped it back in. So props to him. But number 12's defense was good on Embiid. I mean, Embiid is 7 million trillion billion Elon Musk cotillion times better than him. He really is. Joel Embiid is so much better than number 12. But number 12 makes him feel uncomfortable. 
And I'm just not talking about last night. I mean, he has before in the past. I mean, obviously that 50-point game that he put up, um, what was that, in April or whatever, or whenever it was. I mean, sure, it didn't make him feel uncomfortable then, but number 12 has been known to get bigger guys uncomfortable. You know, the situation with the Joker. Um, he called himself Batman, which was fucking stupid. But overall, number 12 played very, very well. And I mentioned in episode 220 that I think we were going to see number 12 a little bit more. <laughs> and here we are. And he stepped up. So, you know, maybe now he's worth, instead of $13 million, maybe $13.5 million after that performance. But we'll see. Um, what else? What else? What else did I see in that game? Oh, um, the Celtics. They played unreal defense in the third quarter it was like the celtics defense from last year and good defense leads to good offense and it led to missoula ball working out extremely well for this team they got stops got rebounds pushed the pace ran to their spots found the open shooters and it led them going 17 of 15 from three in the third quarter where they outscored the philadelphia 76ers 35 to 16 that's huge now if you remember in my series uh my series preview i i had a super hot take and the hot take was, whoever wins the three-point battle will win the series. <laughs> well, let's break this down so far, shall we? In game one, the Celtics were 10 of 26, and Philly was 17 of 38 or 17 of 39. So Philly won that, and Philly won game one. And then in game two, the Celtics were 20 of 51. It's a little bit too many three-pointers in my eyes, but they were 20 of 51, and Philly was 6 of 30. And the Celtics won game two. Interesting, right? Now, you look at the Warriors and the Lakers series, game one, the Warriors hit, I don't know, four billion. Uh, no, the Warriors hit like four billion three-pointers, and the Lakers barely hit any. So every series is different. But this series here, whoever, whichever team wins the three-point battle, each and every single night is going to win this series. What else? What else is in my notes here? Uh, oh, six turnovers. Sexy. And... More importantly, it only led to five points for the Philadelphia 76ers because in game one, they had 16 turnovers and that led to 20 points. So that was good. Um, as far as like the pace of the game, you know, everyone knew that the pace of the game was going to be completely different from game one with, with Joel Embiid playing. Even if Joel Embiid was, you know, 100%, even 95%, we all knew that the pace of the game was going to be different because no team was going to be shooting 80% in the first quarter and things like that. Listen. Joel Embiid clearly is not 100%. I know after the game, everyone said that they, on the 76ers, said they had to get the rust out. That is why they played him. They didn't want to get the rust out at home in game three. It would have been uncomfortable. So, you know, obviously, how is Joel Embiid's knee going to react to this? Um, you know, what type of treatment is he going to be going through today and before the game tomorrow? He clearly can't, like, sprint up the court. But he, it looked like he moved well in small areas. I mean, he did have five blocks. Wasn't afraid to jump into guys for blocks. I mean, you know, you see that uh, Jalen Brown dunk or in the first half. He blocked that shot. Derek White went up. Jason Tatum went up for a layup, blocked him as well. So he clearly can move well, but he's not 100%. So it'll be really interesting to see how Doc Rivers, Sam Cassell, and the rest of that staff really try and get Joel Embiid more involved in the offense because it didn't really seem like he was involved in the offense um, as much as I thought he would be, but that's obviously going to change. And, you know, his flopping is annoying. I mean, the way he fell when number 12 bumped, him, bumped into him was 
actually like funny that the ref spotted. It was really, and I mean, listen, we have a guy on our team that flops a lot too, so can't really complain that much. But he is obviously, he being Joel Embiid, is obviously going to come out better in game three. And the Celtics have to be ready for that. Either way, the Celtics holding him to only three rebounds in 26 minutes was nice to see. And that has to, let me say that again, has to continue in game uh, game three. Like seriously, if they can limit Joel Embiid's rebounds, aka second chance points or anything like that, that's going to be big. Um, what else? The five things uh, that I'm looking for in the playoffs. Number one being turnovers. They only had six, so that's a win. The three-point shooting was good. Maybe, you know, like I just said a couple minutes ago, 50 really isn't needed, but it was good, so that's a win. Rebounding, I know I just mentioned it, but, like, it's it was a little concerning. They only won the rebound battle by three with Embiid not being 100%. I mean, they did get over 20 second-chance points from eight offensive rebounds, so that was great to see. Obviously, a lot of those being three-pointers, so that was good. Um, number four, the headspace. You know, like Joe Missoula said after the game, they came out angry and pissed. But can that continue? And this is where my good mood kind of goes out the window. Because the Celtics responded the way that they were supposed to respond. But are they now going to take game three lightly? Because everything that this team has showed us this year, or in the playoffs before, basically says they're going to lose game three. Right? Because they show up when they need to, and now they're like, all right, cool, it's 1-1. We got this. Because they know if they steal one game in Philly, home court is now theirs again. And they can make it difficult on this on themselves, you know, like they want to. So can they come out angry and pissed again in game three? Or are they going to be content? I think that is going to be... I feel like game three is going to tell a lot about this team moving forward because they just absolutely kicked the shit out of the Philadelphia 76ers. They destroyed them, embarrassed them, and they need to do that again. But are they motivated? Can Joe Missoula get them motivated? Can Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or Marcus Smart or Al Horford or Malcolm Brogdon? I don't give a fuck if it's Luke Cornett. Someone has to make this team angry and pissed again in Game 3. Because when they're angry and pissed, (laughs) it's kind of sexy. I love it. They play such great basketball. (sighs) So, yeah, that's going to be very frustrating. Uh, Just thinking about it. Moving on, Tim. Uh, Number five, the rotation. I mean, tough to talk about, especially with only three quarters. Obviously, great to see uh, Peyton Pritchard get some minutes out there, Luke Cornett. They didn't use Sam Hauser as much, which I thought was interesting, obviously, because number 12 was playing and Joel Embiid was on the floor, blah, blah, blah. blah. Uh, but I thought Joe Missoula did a good job reacting to Tatum's and Brogdon's foul trouble early in the game. Um, got some guys in the right spots, got some of the good lineups together, so I really enjoyed that. So, minus the headspace in game three, because obviously that's important, what am I hoping or looking for in game three? Um, the first thing that I have on my notes literally says Jason Tatum. So what I mean by that is like, what will Jason Tatum be? And I don't mean, oh, is he going to have another shitty game? I mean, Tatum led the team in rebounds, free throw sh- attempts, and plus minus last night. Jason Tatum was a plus 24 on the floor last night, and he only played 19 minutes. That's where the plus minus thing is a little weird. But when Jason Tatum was on the floor, the Celtics were 24 points better. He only played 19 minutes. How does that make make any sense? But anyways, he shot one of seven from the field. 
but he got to the line five times. Clearly wasn't afraid to attack Embiid, which was nice to see because I was a little hesitant, thinking that he would be a little hesitant going to throw him with Embiid there. He got his shot blocked, you know, once or twice, but still attacked the rim. But he also has to realize when he is attacking the rim, he just can't focus on Embiid. There are other guys there like P.J. Tucker, who's a really good defender and likes to be physical and doesn't give a fuck if he gets hit. So Jason Tatum just has to be more aware when he is attacking the rim against this Philadelphia 76ers defense. Now, is Tatum going to be taking 40 shots tomorrow night? Is he going to stay out of the paint like because he's worried about getting offensive fouls and getting in foul troubles again? He has to realize that Less is more in this situation, I feel like. like He has to continue to rebound. He's been rebounding at a great level this entire season, and especially in the playoffs. He has to continue to play great defense and get others involved. I believe he leads the team in assists this year, um, or he at least did um, against the Hawks, and that has to continue. I think he had like five assists in game one. I think he had three or four in game two. So that has to continue. So he just has to be himself. He doesn't have to be Superman yet. Obviously, he showed up in game one and they lost, and that's annoying. And then when you are so ready to play and win again or you know get a win in the series, I shouldn't say win again when it was only game two, he just has to realize, listen, less is more. I'm going to get others involved. Like that pass on that backdoor zone cut that I talked about in episode 221. To Marcus Smart for that alley-oop, give me more of that. And then go get your shot going. He doesn't need to force tomorrow night. Jason Tatum does not need to force. The other thing that I want to talk about is Malcolm Brogdon. Obviously, he is scoring the ball very well, finding his spots, et cetera, et cetera. But he has to find other guys, too. He has to be a facilitator. He missed Rob a few times. He missed Jalen a couple times. It was kind of annoying. I don't want to say he's like a ball hog when he's out there, but I would just like to have him see the court a little bit differently moving forward sure still give me 20 points a game go six to ten from three again i would love that but give me maybe like four or five assists instead of two you get what i'm saying okay great the philly fans the philly fans are going to be loud and the celtics need to make sure that their defensive rotations are heard throughout they got to talk louder they have to be more on point they have to Everyone has to be on the same page. They have to ignore the noise in this game big time. And finally, the Philadelphia 76ers role players. Are they going to step up now because they are at home? Is P.J. Tucker, Tobias Harris, uh, Melton, Niang, Paul Reed, are those type of guys going to step up and play better at home? Because I think Maxi Harden and Embiid are going to get theirs. But after that, who else is going to get theirs? So I'm very interested to see how the role players for the Philadelphia 76ers play at home because if they're not playing great at home, we know that the Celtics role players play well for the most part on the road. So it'll be interesting to see. And that's it for episode 222 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Don't forget you can follow me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And remember, subscribe, like, rate the podcast. It means a lot to podcasts. It would mean a lot to me. Thanks for the support. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans. Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.